So last two weeks ago, um, we opened up with a series called uh, Unstoppable. And um, you may have to kind of think back now uh, um, with kind of what we were talking about. Um, but I believe that God has made us unstoppable, that with him that we are unstoppable. Um, and I believe that it can change your year by learning this fact that like with God, with him, that he has truly made us unstoppable. How many of you want to see God use you in a truly unstoppable way in someone's life this year? Just a, just a handful of you? Well, that's good. Hopefully some of you, we can sway you in this. Um, but we talked about how important it was that, that Jesus, um, that how, how important this, this thing was that he talked about. Um, that he said that he, it would be better that he leaves. Um, I remember when I first read that. I remember thinking, how crazy, how dumb is that? Like, Jesus, what do you mean it's better that you leave? I mean, how, I can't think of many other things than it, than it would be so cool to stand beside Jesus and be like, what's up? How you doing, man? Like, you know, like ripped arms, like holding that cross the way, you know, it's like, I, you know, like, I, I just, I can't think of anything better than standing beside him. But he said that, that he must go. Um, and I think it's a teaching moment there um, that Jesus is giving us because, listen to this, because easy, even Jesus knows his limits. Some of us need to know our limits. Some of us need to know what we can do and what he can do. How many times do we live our life and we try to do everything in our own power? I'll, be, I'll admit, I'm the, first, I'm the first one guilty. And I'm up here, I'm, I've been a pastor for a few years now, and I find myself going, coming into situations, and a lot of times the last thing that I do or the thing that, that, you know, it's like, I finally come to this point where it's like, I'm losing my mind, like everything, I'm not seeing how things are going to work out. And all of a sudden, like this thought comes in, like, hey, have you prayed about it? Oh, how many of us are like that? Hopefully I'm not the only one. Good. Amen for you guys. God bless you for being honest. Um, but most of the time I come to this point, and I feel bad every time because I, I think I've shared um, when we brought my wife home, uh, it was hard for us to, 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 to say, hey, you know, hey, stop teaching, stop uh, making money, and, uh, and come home. But we knew that's what God was doing um, in our hearts, was that my, my wife wanted to be home with our kids. And I remember, like, as we were having this conversation, we are like, okay, let's do this. I remember thinking, like, all right, how are we going to do this? I can get, like, three other jobs. I can, we can sell our house. We can sell, like, we can sell everything. I don't need clothes. Like, I don't need anything nice. Like, I'll sell, my, I'll sell everything. We'll be fine. It'll be fine. We can even sell a kid. Like, we, we have plenty. Like, you know, like, we might not miss some of them if we sold. Anyway, I'm kidding, mostly. Um, but, uh, so I was kind of in this moment where I was just kind of freaking out of, like, how are we going to do this? And, and, and my wife just stopped me, and she's just like, or we could pray about it. You guys, it felt like I got kicked in the stomach because I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? You know, and like I said, here I am. I'm, I'm a pastor, but sometimes I'd like to do things in my own strength more than I'd like to admit. And I want to tell you guys that it's been over three years since Rachel has been home. And I can give you guys so many stories on how God has miraculously provided in just crazy ways. We have a list like written down at home. And we've never once needed or fallen short. Three years. It's been awesome to see God move in his power, not mine. Because my power, I'd be working like four different jobs and sleeping two hours a day. 
Even after giving my life to Jesus and becoming a pastor, this is not always natural for me. And so I want to say it's okay if that's you. Like sometimes you come to the end of your rope and you're like, wait a minute, maybe I should pray about this. You know, like it doesn't even dawn on us. To be honest with you, a couple of years ago, I didn't know if we'd ever be full-time ministry. And part of me was okay with that. Like, well, God, I know that you've placed a call in my heart to minister. If I have to work, that's fine. I'll do that. I mean, there's some pretty cool people in the Bible that did that. I mean, Paul did it, right? Paul made tents. He seems like a pretty cool guy. He had enough spare time in his, in his life to, to write most of the New Testament. I'm like, well, if he's got time, I can totally do this. You know, like, and so I kind of come to this point that I was okay with it. But you guys, when we allow God to start supernaturally changing the possibilities in our life, the date of February 28th comes up, and that's when we officially make that switch into full-time ministry, you guys. A dream that had died or was dying, I would say. Something that I had just come to accept of being the way that it was and, and, and always will be, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with working hard. I like what I do. But you guys, when we allow God to start dreaming and allow God to start providing, things happen. Like you get a call from a guy who, who knows you and just says, hey, we want to send you over the edge. We're going to give you a one-time gift of $12,000. Because he had heard in prayer that God once wanted him to do that for us, to push us over the edge. Come on, you guys. I didn't see that coming. And I was like, oh, thank you. You know, like, what do you say to that? But it was awesome because the word that God had given him was exactly where my wife and I were at. How many of us are tired of doing things the same old natural way we do in our lives? How many of us are tired of things going going the same old natural way in our lives? We saw two weeks ago that Jesus came, brought us to this point where he brings his disciples and says, it's important enough that I must go so that the comforter can come. And he tells his disciples, his church, and you and I that you will receive power. Things don't have to hit rock bottom before we go to him. Going to God shouldn't be our last resort, right? One of the things I was thinking about, and you, you guys might not be in the insurance age yet, um, but one of the things that, about insurance that's always confused me is what they consider to be acts of God. Do you know what the insurance company would call an act of God? Any idea? It might depend on what, the, what causes the car accident. <laughs> they want to bleed you dry. Yeah, that's probably what's, what's that. <laughs> but things like hurricanes, tornadoes, hailstorms, lightning strikes, landslides, flooding, forest fires, all those things would be acts of God because they bring mass devastation. And I look at that, I'm like, how come there's nothing good there? Like, you got in a car accident. Here's an act of God. We gave you a ton of money so you can buy a new car. No, it's like, 
Oh, sorry, the hurricane hit your house. That was an act of God. You couldn't do anything about it. It's weird to me. We acknowledge God that in those situations, but the many blessings in our life, we don't. I have a, a friend of ours. We've grown really close, close to him the last couple of years. But their son was born with half of his heart. Missing the left side of his heart. And it's been hard for them. They've almost lost him a couple times. And, and it just amazes me what doctors can do to kind of reconfigure the heart, to get it to work with only, two, with only a ventricle and, and uh, what's the other one? Atrium. There you go. Good job. You guys listened in school. <laughs> Apparently I didn't. <laughs> Nothing about it has been easy for them. They have lived for months in the hospital. The husband works an overnight shift, so he's on a completely opposite schedule the rest of his family. But I want you to hear this, because before they knew anything about the condition of their son, when they were moving up here, they were pregnant with him. They moved from West Virginia because the economy crashed, and they came to Minnesota because that's where he could find a job. He lost his job in the mining industry there. They moved with the intentions of just moving back in a couple of years because they are like southern to the bone. Like, like they have draws and everything. It's actually pretty awesome to get them to talk about. It's like, say that again. That was pretty cool. You know, like, I just love that accent. Like, British people, they amaze me too. And like, they may not be smart, but I think they are by their accent. But they came to, came, to a, came to a church and got plugged in. And the kicker of it was, is before they ever knew this, the, the, pastor, the pastor's wife's sister, so get that, pastor's wife's sister had a child with the same condition. And so their family had already been through this. So they came to a church, got plugged into a church with someone who already knew what was going on there. And when they were diagnosed, when, when, they, when they saw that the, the heart was deformed, they immediately went to this couple and they, they referred them to the doctors in Minneapolis. And get this, you guys, Minnesota has the second best heart surgery doctors in the nation for infants. They live a little over an hour away. It takes them an hour to get there. If they were back home, they said the closest hospital that would be able to do anything with him was over eight hours away. And not that good either. His insurance at his new job here in Minnesota has been fantastic. The kids, a little over a year old, and his bills are already over $2 million. Insurance covered it. They own nothing. I don't know if that's what it is. We're not promoting any insurance company here. They may not have seen what was coming. And it's been hard. It's been hard to kind of process through this with them. But it sure appears that God knew what he was doing. That before they knew anything, he was moving the pieces, moving them to where they needed to be so their son would have the right care. That's an act of God, you guys. To see the miracles in that. Yeah, we pray for healing. What is that? <laughs> Was that the trumpet? Jesus is returning. <laughs> yeah, we pray for healing for him all the time. I know that God can restore his heart. 
But it's been pretty evident that God has moved them to the place that they need to be so their son can get the care that he needs. I want that to be known as an act of God. Amen? Amen. Not a flood, not a hurricane, not a disaster. And so tonight, I want to do things a little different. I'm going to actually kind of stop talking here. And I want us to break up into, into five different groups. Because we're going to continue digging into the book of Acts. And the reason that I like Acts and the reason that I want us to dig into it is because that's the first picture we get of the church in, in its like new stage, right? Like this is like sunrise is just planted. And it's like, all right, here we go. Jesus has given us a mission. What are we going to do? Acts is that picture of what the church should look like. And so I want you to get into groups, and, I'm, and we're going to give you, kind of assign you um, sections of scripture to go through. But I want you to be, 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 be prepared to talk about it as I spit all over with each other. And then we're going to come back together, and we're going to talk about scripture. So I want to give you, uh, right now, just find groups. Um, I've, I've talked to a handful of students. If you want to just raise your hand, um, go to those guys, get in a group around them, and, uh, and we'll start splitting it up from there. I need one more person that would be willing to, you're not going to lead anything necessarily, but just make sure people talk. Okay, so go find those people now. Here's our list, list of scriptures. So I want you guys to read through Acts 2, 1 through 21. You guys get Acts 8, 14 through 17. You guys get Acts 9, 17 through 18. Acts 10, 42 through 48. And Acts 19, 1 through 7. All right? Dig through it together. Talk about it. Discuss what you're seeing. Get ready because I'll come back and I'll ask your group some questions and we want you guys to be able to, to start talking about it, all right? Go for it. Okay, where you guys are at, we're just gonna, I just kinda wanna ask each group a, 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 just a handful of questions. Because I think what we'll see here in, in, discu in discussion and in kind of what sections you guys went through is we start to see a pattern through the New Testament church, right? And so that's what I want us to see. That's what I want us to, when Jesus says that, that you will receive power and, and we start to see it in the New Testament church. And so Acts 2, can you guys give us a, a synopsis? These guys had the longest section of scripture. Um, some of you were lucky you got like two verses. Um, but what's, what's the synopsis of what you guys saw there? Yep. Yeah. And then the thing, I, so who was baptized? And you, you kind of alluded to it. All of them, right? Like there wasn't one like, ah, you're not spiritual enough, dude. Sorry. You don't get it. You know, like this isn't for you. It says all of them. And I think the signs, I didn't know if this was a visual representation of fire. <laughs> um, but the signs are interesting because it says wind, wind and fire come down. And, and when, you, when we look in the Old Testament, that's actually the, the two things we see when God's leading Israel. It's fire and, and wind. And so it's, it's just cool to see how God kind of works and shows up in, in the same way. And I love how it ends because it ends in this thing. It basically, it's a, it's, a, it's a prophecy. And it ends with like all these things have been already spoken about. You know they're coming, right? It's this thing like, this isn't new, you guys. 
This is what was promised. And I love how that, that section ends where, where uh, it was, it's, Peter stands up and explains that. I almost said Paul. Um, Peter gets up and he starts explaining. You guys, we've seen this. We know about this. This was promised. This isn't new. This isn't like somebody's new crazy idea. We knew this was coming. So thank you, guys. Uh, Acts 8, 14 through 17. Give us a breakdown of what your guys is. Yeah. I think your summary might have been more than your verses. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's good, though. You, you answered a lot of my questions. In this one, we see who was baptized. We would say the Samaritans would be baptized. And they were people who weren't even worthy of it, according to the Jew, right? And so it's, this is kind of this, again, this idea that all are baptized. And, and I, I asked the question, you've, you've already answered it, is were they baptized in, in the Holy Spirit before? There's kind of a clear distinction, right? It's like they, they knew Jesus, they were baptized, but then there was this other baptism that they didn't hear about. And uh, oh, so, so this one is, hopefully you guys pick this up. How were they prayed for? Yes, they laid hands on him. Notice it didn't say they pushed their foreheads. It didn't say that, right? Okay, good. So Acts 9, 17 through 18. <laughs> and what happened? What happened to Paul? Yeah, brought healing. What happened to his life? Did he continue murdering Christians? He would have been the ultimate spy. He got very busy yeah. Yeah, ends up writing most of the New Testament. And again, how did Ananias pray for him? We saw it in his representation. Laid, of hand, laid hands on him. Didn't like wring his neck. Not that kind of lay hands on him. And then we see what happens to Paul. He's personally healed. He can see again. His strength was restored. How do you think... How powerful do you think that was for Paul's life? How powerful do you think that was for Paul's life? How do we know that it was a powerful moment for him? You just alluded to it. He wrote most of the New Testament, right? Like his, his life was drastically changed. Acts 10, 42 through 48. Yeah. Well, well, did you guys pick up on what was Peter doing? He was what? He, he was preaching, right? Like he was, he was trying to teach them. He's trying to teach them. He might have been doing it in tongues. That's, <laughs> um, and then again, we see that all the Gentiles were baptized. And what were the signs of that baptism? How do we know? Yep, speaking another language, and, and, and they all start sh and praising God. Um, I, I want to kind of share, I, I know a guy that um, one day he was in his room, and he was praying um, just for his campus, for his dorm room floors, uh, for his dorm, dorm floor. There we go, I didn't need to. And he just began to, to kind of pray in, in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, and he said, he said, I noticed like at the end, I was just like, oh man, that was good. He's like, I look over, and there's two guys standing in his doorway. And they're standing there with their mouths dropped. I'm like, where are you from? And he's like, uh, here. Like, 
I understood everything you just prayed. It was in my language. That's the gift of tongues, you guys. That they knew everything what he was praying about and praying for. He didn't know he knew that language. Those guys had to tell him. And if you keep reading through Acts, there's nowhere that it says it's finished. There's no verse that says this no longer happened for the church. It's a pattern that we see, and that's what I wanted to show you guys tonight. I'm not going to get up here. I'm not going to yell at you guys. I'm not going to try to get things hyper. I'm not going to push on your foreheads. I'm not going to do that. But I do want to provide a space for us to respond to what we see in Scripture. Giving our lives to Jesus is a first step, and some of the Scriptures alluded to that. They knew who he was. But then there's something further. Jesus tells us we will receive power. And then we start to see the power in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 9, Acts 10, Acts 19. And actually, Acts 10 actually happens five to seven years after Jesus promised this. Acts 19 happens around 20 years after. And so we see that the the church is is kind of getting older and it's still happening. And so tonight I just want to we're not going to push anybody over, but I do want to have, let's have everybody stand up, um, and we're just going to kind of have a, a time of response here. Because tonight I told you, I told you about my experience. I told you about the guy pushing me, pushing my forehead and me resisting, like, stop pushing me. We're not going to do any of that tonight, but tonight is between you and him. It's about you and God. And I've asked some of our adult leaders to be ready to pray with you, but if this is an area in your life that you, you see this pattern, you want the power that God has promised you. You want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you. We are here to pray for you, pray with you, pray over you. Lay our hands on you, not push your foreheads. But I look at Luke 11, where where Jesus asks us to ask, seek, and knock him. We're supposed to pursue him. And Acts 11 says it's a free gift. We don't have to do anything for it. And in Galatians 3, it says that we need to receive these gifts with childlike faith. guys there's something powerful to that I remember the first time that my daughter heard the word atheist and she asked me daddy what's atheist mean I said it means they don't believe in God she gave me the most puzzling look why wouldn't they believe in God that's a childlike faith you guys and so I wanted Nathan to this I think this is a song that's playing right now This is a song that was created at NYC. This was not a song until NYC. But I love the words because it says, because you say so. So I want us to go back and to worship him. And this is an area that you would want prayer over. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want something more. I want to be unstoppable. I see that it's there. I may not understand it. It's okay. But let's walk through it with him. Let's seek him. 
Let's receive it with childlike faith. Amen? Because to my daughter, the supernatural is very natural. Let's come back and let's just listen to the words of these songs. And if you, there's an area in your life that you want pray over, come up and, and, and pray with one of the, the adult leaders on the sides. Let's just respond to him. Go ahead and turn up the music. My 